You're listening to Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast, and this is episode 50. I'm Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Debbie Leone. Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. Each week, join Cindy McMillan as she interviews coaches, spiritual explorers, and celebrants from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Debbie Leone, owner of Being Fearless Coaching, is an author, trainer, and coach. She lives her passion daily by teaching and coaching others to shift their fear into fearlessness. Debbie has been trained by world leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Debbie Ford, and Marianne Williamson, and she is dedicated to supporting her clients towards letting go of mediocrity and stepping into the highest versions of themselves. Debbie, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate so much you being here. Thank you, Cindy. I'm honored to be here. I always start off the podcast the same way because it is really one of my favorite questions. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? That's a great question. I I love the phrase seasons of your life. Um, And so the first thing that comes up for me, Cindy, is it's about reflection, being reflective and and enjoying the experience, no matter what the season. That's that's which can be quite a challenge, but it to me it's it's I'm I'm a very reflective person, and, and for me it, it's about being reflective all throughout, being present to it. And I like that, Debbie, because you know everyone says a little bit something different, but it all comes together, almost meaning the same thing about being um, present and and reflecting on the different seasons and just enjoying them. So I, I, I appreciate that. I, I really, because that is my favorite question. I would love to start off with your story and how you got started being a coach and how that journey has been so far. Gosh, I could talk about this forever, but I'll keep it somewhat condensed. Uh, Many years ago, when I was in a low point in my life, I knew I needed and wanted something different. And so I started reading books, particularly the first book that really was a catalyst was Debbie Ford's book, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. I read that and it just so resonated with me and I just was like a sponge and I wanted to know more and more. And so because of that, I became involved in her programs and and, and her teachings and, and became one of her coaches. And I remember one day she looked at me, I think it was a cruise I was on with her and she pointed her finger at me and said, you are a coach. And I was like, oh, talk about fear, but you know, a part of me knew that she was right because it just got me so excited. So that was, gosh, close to 17, maybe 18 years ago. It was something that I just knew. It was, I knew it was a calling. And um, I knew it was a calling because ever since I can remember, even as a little girl, I've always felt this 
connection to something bigger. And I've always had a passion to create transformation. Yeah. So I built my business and here I am today and, and why I be, you know, really the underneath the, why I became a coach is because I reaped the benefits and the rewards from the transformation. And I had lots of adversity in my life and it, it made a difference and it continues to make a difference. You know, Debbie, um, speaking about Debbie Ford, I happened to be thinking about this the other day about one of the tools that she would talk about, about monitoring your internal flame. And, and I can't remember which book that was in right now, but so I have started doing that again, just kind of monitoring how I feel in the mornings. And I'm like, oh man, you know, it worked years ago and it's working now. I just need to keep doing it. Absolutely. It's a practice, an ongoing practice. So how did you become interested in being fearless? And I, and I know that that's part of your coaching. What does being fearless actually mean to you? Yeah, so I never knew that I was going to end up with this brand of being fearless. It just kind of evolved based on my life experiences. And it just one day it dawned on me that what's in the way of me being where I want and where I want to be, it's a fear-based, it's thoughts, it's fear, it's in the head, it's all made up. Again, I knew that that's the path that I needed to take to support my clients. And so what, what does being fearless mean? It means being willing to identify your fear, to know what it is, and to have the tools and the willingness to shift, because fear is just an energy based on a perspective. So it's having the willingness to use your fear instead of it using you. I like that. So, so it's being aware of what we are afraid of and then doing whatever work needs to be done for it to come forward. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. And it, it does take work because we've been programmed to live in fear. So it's like a, it's almost counterintuitive to live in a, in a, in fearlessness, which is courage really. Yeah. I, I mentioned to somebody the other day about doing the work and I remember she just looked straight at me and she said, I hate that phrase doing the work. And mm -hmm. I'm like, sorry, but that's what it really is. It is us doing the work to get through whatever it is that we be working on. Mm -hmm. So what is a fearless mindset? Now, you kind of went into that a little bit, but can you go into that just a little bit deeper? And do you have a story that you could share? Um, so I can share one story of mine. Love it. Um, so a fearless mindset is based in scarcity. It's about I can't, I won't, I'm going to be judged. It's it, it, because we're human, we're all, we've all been conditioned to adopt these negative beliefs about ourselves, about others, about the world that aren't true, but we, but it's a learned behavior that, um, you know, too many of us don't know how to shift that. So it's, it's, it's changing the, I can'ts to the, I can's and the, I won'ts to, I will. 
I was just going to say that right there, as you said that, I was just thinking if more people would get into that mindset, it would just carry us, carry us through so much easier in life. Yeah. Yeah. So you asked about a story? Yeah. I have many. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I think we all do, actually. Um, so my, I have a son who is now 34 years old. But throughout, when he was 12 years old, he started using, you know, he, be, he he's an addict. He did every, every drug in the world. There were many nights that I lie awake wondering if he was alive. It was horrible, traumatic, fearful. I was so, uh, who wouldn't, what parent wouldn't be? I was so afraid that he was going to die. Um, I was living in my fear fear-based beliefs and what else can I do? And it so much that it, I mean, I went into a, a depression and high anxiety and I, I knew I had to do something different. And so um, I was micromanaging him and watching, you know, doing all the things that obviously didn't work. And so because of the work that I've done and getting the assistance and support from coaches and whatnot, I realized I really was able to identify my fear, which the number one fear is he's going to die. And I, I really noticed that that's where my energy was. And that's what, that's what was causing all my anxiety and whatnot. So I had to do the work and begin to consciously shift my mindset. And by doing that, it allowed me to let go, which is the hardest thing to do as a parent. I had to surrender to his choices. And as, as challenging as it was, that was my path to peace. And the miracle in all of this is that by my letting go of, oh, consume, having my life consumed by his life, our relationship began to change. And um, by me, creating boundaries that I needed to that which were really scary. His life began to shift. He's been sober for going on four years now. I love that story, Debbie, and congratulations on him being sober. And that story right there, I think is going to touch so many people, because a lot of people don't want to talk about those things that go on in a family. That and there was a quite some time that I carried so much shame because, of course, my fear had me blaming myself that I couldn't talk about it. And, and then, you know, that was another piece of shifting my fear into my fearlessness because of my willingness to let go of that shame. I was able, I ended up coaching hundreds of families who had high risk teens. Speaking of high risk teens. Well, we're on that subject of, of addiction. Is there something that you could say to other parents who may be listening for signs that they could be looking for or any steps that they could take? Well, the first step is to be looking. Too many parents are not willing to look. They don't want to go there because of fear of, or they, you know, they have this mindset, oh, not my kid. My kid's fine. So you've got to be willing to at least look and notice. And if there is something happening, um, you must get help 
you've got to reach out and get some kind of help. And it might be in the form of a therapist or a program for your son or daughter. Uh, But you've got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and stand up first for for yourself as a parent and of course, for your son or daughter, but you've got to take some kind of action. And and I, like I said, I work with hundreds of parents of teens who are addicts. And what really surprised me was their the kids were awesome to work with, but the parents had way more resistance. They they were all about fix my kid. I don't have to do anything different. But it's a collective issue, and if the parents don't do their work the patterns will most likely repeat. Yeah. And, and also with the parents doing their own work, they're actually modeling to their children, their son or daughter, a, a another way of living. Yes. Thank you. I wasn't wanting to go down that, um, that route, but when you mentioned that, I thought that was really important to bring up. So while we're talking about, being fearless. Can we just talk about self-love and the confidence? Or maybe I want to phrase it as the how important is self-love in building that confidence? Yeah. Great question. It has to be there. So everything we think, everything we believe comes from one of two places, love or fear. It's that simple and that challenging. And um, by by being willing to shift your fear into fearlessness, that is an act of self-love. Because to stay stuck in your fear-based thoughts, you know, it perpetuates you playing small and feeling stuck and feeling like a victim. It's it's an act of self-sabotage. And so self-love kind of automatically is a byproduct of shifting, of owning your fear. And it's a process. It takes time because it took us a long time to live in this fear-based mindset. I I posted something on Facebook this morning, and I, I can't remember exactly how I word it, but something like, what are you going to do to be kind to yourself today? And I was thinking about that because I had gone out for a walk and I had seen all these people walking their, you know, their dogs and the kids in the strollers and it was just so beautiful. And it was just, and I was just thinking about self-care and self-love. And I, I just realized how important the kindness is to that piece of it. Oh, it is being kind to ourselves, And, you know, it, it's, it's magical. I love using the word magical because it is, it's magical that when we choose to be kind to ourselves, we automatically become kinder to, to others. Absolutely. And also in that kindness to, to ourselves and, and the be taking care of ourselves, that also all feeds into that understanding what self-love is and, and self-care, because I don't think a lot of people practice it. You know, oftentimes in my coaching conversations, I will ask my clients, so what does self-love look like to you? Many times they'll say, I don't know. And it seems to be more um, common for women because we're the nurturers. We've been given the gift of nurture, and, and that's a wonderful thing. Yet we somehow have been conditioned or programmed to forget about including ourselves. So I teach women to nurture themselves as much as 
at least as much as they nurture everyone else. And I always hear the word, the response, well, that's being selfish. And I will say, well, it's time to be selfish. Yeah, because, I mean, if you don't feel, and I know we've heard this in so many ways um, throughout our lives, but it really is true. If we don't fill up our own cup, we have nothing to give to somebody else. And I know that at you know, various periods in my life, I've had very stressful jobs. And when you're in that kind of flow, so to speak, it's really hard to give to, to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. So if somebody says to you, Debbie, I want, I want to be coached by you. They say they want to be fearless but they are resistant and they're just stuck in that fear. Is there like maybe two or three tips that you use to kind of pull them up? Yeah. Um, Well, the first thing is what we were just talking about is start being kind to yourself. We're so good at beating ourselves up. So really Look at ways that you can be kind to yourself and reaching out for support is an act of, you know, self-care and being kind to yourself. So be kind to yourself. Let go of the judgments. And so, so often I'll, I'll hear people say, oh my gosh, I'm 50 years old and I still haven't figured this out. I I should have done this a long time ago. They go into that judgment and just, just keeps them stuck. That's more sabotaging thoughts, right? So to be kind, to let go of where you are and to just see it as where I'm at right now is exactly where I need to be to shift gears. And then the third tip I would say is you've really got to be willing, I'll go back to our phrase, to do the work and to take action daily. So I've been doing this for quite some time and I do the work daily on myself It's a forever, just like exercise. You can't just get in shape and you're done. So to really be committed to yourself. I'm glad you went there with with that about it being a date. You do it daily because it is daily. And whether it's I meditate or whether it's I read, I do something daily to keep myself in a good mindset. Mm -hmm. Is fear, a little bit of fear good? So fear isn't a bad fear is, you know, it's an, we're designed to experience fear as a signal that there's danger ahead. And so it's important to listen to our fear. However, most of the time there's no real danger. We've made that up in our head. So yeah, absolutely. Fear is, is a message just like every other emotion. They're all messages that we get to embrace. So every time I feel afraid, I get to stop and say, what do I need right now, right? What do I need to find peace in this? You know, but unfortunately, too many people, you know, they, they, they try to numb themselves from the fear, distract themselves or avoid it. It's important that you kind of befriend the fear to hold it and really be with it. If that makes sense. It, that makes perfect sense. That's a great way to look at it. I heard someone talk recently about, you know, 
And we weren't talking about fear necessarily, um, but that came up and she said, you've got to be able to see the bear if you're walking through the woods. You know, you may not see the daffodils because they're not going to hurt you, but you're, when you see that bear, your brain lights up. Right. And yeah, exactly. We need to listen to our fear, but we only need to act on it when the fear is absolutely real. If there really, if there is really is a bear chasing us, but we, we live in this mindset that there's constantly a bear chasing. (laughs) Yeah. And on your website, you had a, I believe it was a blog and you talked about um, FOMO and Mm -hmm. low and low mo. Is that how you would say it? Yeah. FOMO and low mo. Yeah. Can you go into those two and the differences? Yeah. Yeah, I love those terms. FOMO is fear of missing out. We all want it, you know, we want the next thing and and then we get it and then we want the next thing and we want it all and we want to take it all in. And that's really fear-based. And and it's it's actually an avoidance tactic from being present to what's here in this moment. So fear of missing out is not something that's going to have you find peace and fulfillment. Lomo, love of missing out. I love missing out. In fact, I've learned it more in, through, through COVID. Like, it's awesome to not have to feel like I have to chase everything and do it all. And instead, just be present to right here and right now. That's where the joy comes from and the fulfillment. Some people will say, well, that might be boring. So we have a conversation around their fear of of not being stimulated all the time. <laughs> yeah. When you just said that about a fear of missing out is really fear-based. You're, I hadn't thought about it like that, but when people are so busy doing whatever it is that they're staying so busy doing, they're not really living their life. Mm-hmm. Right. They continue to chase and it's fear of missing out because they're afraid of so many things, just their fear is just, they're consumed by it. So they continue to try to do everything and they, they're left feeling overwhelmed and, and unfulfilled because they're not being present. Yeah. I feel what's coming up in the, our conversation today about being present to our lives is just really important. Mm-hmm. So what have you read or listened to recently that inspired you? Mm. Well, actually, I'm reading uh, a biography on Oprah. Everybody knows Oprah. Um, and it's I'm finding it fascinating. And also, I'm, I'm able to really identify how she, gosh, everybody knows, how she shifted her fear into fearlessness, her resilience, her commitment to fulfilling her vision. Like, she didn't like, she didn't let anything or anyone get in the way. And it's, that's why she's so inspiring. And there's, you know, she, the book talks about her shadow, you know, and, and which I'm enjoying as well, because it, it just helps, it helps you to see how real of a person she is. And like I said, she didn't let anything stop her from being her best and making the biggest contribution she, she can. So it's, yeah, it's a great book. You know, the podcast is around beginnings, endings, and the messy middle. And I think when you're talking about her um, biography, 
in you, and I've watched her throughout the years, and I have lo- loved her throughout the years. She is one who models that beginnings, endings, and the messy middle, and and uses them to lift lift herself and others up. Yeah, she's a great role model. Absolutely. So the time has gone by really fast. I know when we first started talking, we were like, are we going to be able to get all these? (laughs) So can you tell the listeners how to find you, your website, your social media? Um, Go to my my website is my name, Debbie Leone, D-E-B-B-I-E-L-E-O-N-I, DebbieLeone.com. And all of my social media is under my name as well. Debbie, actually Facebook is under Deborah Ann Leone. Um, and I also have a, a business page on Facebook called Being Fearless Coaching. I will put all that in the show notes. And the last question, what would you tell your 18-year-old self about the season of life you're in now? I would tell her that she is okay exactly as she is. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. You're so welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week on Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Make sure to visit our website, CynthiaMacMillan.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you could simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Until next time, live inspired.